0: Per mystudentvoices.com, 30% of students worldwide only go to a four-year college because they think it's the natural progression after high school. And 23% only go because it's expected of them.
1: This is Wallet Watch, brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. I'm your host, Devante.
2: And I'm Catherine. And you may have noticed in our little stat at the beginning, we have a very special guest today. We have Woo! Taylor. Hello, We're super excited.
0: Everyone. Hello. So my name is Taylor. I work in the community development department at MSU Federal Credit Union, so I get to work with Devante and Catherine and I'm just really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that stat at the beginning? Yeah, so that statistic was really astounding to me. So essentially what that means is 50 percent of students are going to college without a second thought. So they're not really considering the different paths they could take and what that might look like in the future for them.
2: So today we're really gonna focus on wrapping up our Paths of Education and Paying for College series and just kind of bring it all together. So maybe we can just start off by talking a little bit about each of our Paths of Education, maybe how we've been through that.
1: I attended Oakland University. I graduated last year, class of 2018. Um, I got my bachelor's in finance So really, some of the main reasons that I chose OU was one, because the business school was accredited and that accreditation was pretty important considering most of my college career I thought that I was going to be an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, things happen, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's proximity to home, so it's about 40 minutes away from home. Most importantly for me was the scholarships and grants that I received. I was very worried about how I would pay for college and I chose to go to a four-year institution. Yes, considering what it could do for my life, but Also because I really wanted to experience something that I had never experienced before. And mom wasn't going for it. That was was the step, whether I liked it or not. But luckily, I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) What about you all?
2: All right. So I decided to go to Western Michigan. I chose it for, I guess, a couple different reasons. It was about an hour 15 from home, so it felt like it was close enough that I could, you know, go home on the weekends, which I'll talk a little bit about, but also far enough away that I couldn't just like pop over and see my parents um, or they couldn't just pop over and see me. I was interested in education at the time and they have a really great education program and I just, you know, liked Kalamazoo. It was a great area. So I ended up going to Western first semester freshman year, lived in the dorms and long story short, hated it. (laughs) I did, you know, fine in my classes. You know, I enjoyed my professors and everything, but I just didn't really take advantage of like the full college experience. Didn't really get involved on campus or anything like that. I ended up going home and seeing friends and family back home. So because of that experience, I ended up transferring to Lansing Community College and going there for about two and a half years. Got a lot of credits out of the way, took classes and enjoyed that but it was closer to home. So it was a little bit better. And then I ended up transferring back to Western after that two and a half years and graduating two years after that. So I took five years to graduate with a communications degree and I'm really happy. I really loved, you know, my communication major and the classes I took and everything. But at the end of the day, truthfully, I ended up going with communications because that was what most of my credits would work for and that's what would allow me to graduate sooner rather than later so yeah that was kind of my path of education i didn't really have a clear defined path i was just kind of like figuring it out as i went and there are some things that i would do the same some things i would do differently but it all brought me here so
0: i did that too I, I definitely changed so i actually went to u of m for five years i got a degree in bachelor's of Arts. so it was a women's studies focus so um very nonprofit based as well as um, social advocacy. I originally went to U of M to be a doctor though, and that's kind of where that change came from. I really exposed myself to the medical field, and while I was doing that, really discovered that the culture really didn't fit well with me. So I decided to change my gender and health minor into a major, thus becoming a women's studies major. So with that, I was able to like really recognize barriers individuals face due to identities or intersecting identities. I became an advocate for like minorities and really learning how my identity impacts my path and the way um, I can assist others with theirs. So that was kind of why I made that change I want to help people but in a different way yeah that's huge I feel like matching up if if at the
2: end of the day the medical field wasn't for you you were never really going to be happy doing it so it's good that you figured that out sooner rather than later Um, exactly rather than you know probably ending up spending more money and being in school longer and everything like that definitely very cool one statistic I found from the simple dollar.com Um, So the average trade school degree costs $33,000, which is compared to a bachelor's degree, which on average costs $127,000, which is crazy. Um, That means a savings of $94,000, but that's not all. If you assume that students are fully financing their education with loans at 4% over 10 years, the bachelor's degree will cost around $154,000, while the trade school degree will cost about $40,000. So that's like $114,000 difference. Um, And then they also pointed out in that same article that I found, a normal university you graduate in four years or five years like a lot of people do or maybe even longer but a trade school is usually less than that so you can get out and start working and start applying that that education sooner and really taking advantage of that and then starting paying back that debt sooner too. Yeah
0: definitely and you in terms of like student loans you have less loans that you have to pay back.
1: One of the other things I thought about is the demand when it comes to trade schools so it's like one of the benefits you know when you think about heating and cooling as long as you live in any region that has any sort of heat to it, then you're going to want to have central air. Mm-hmm. Or if it gets cold, you need heat. Mm-hmm. Those are things that aren't going out of style anytime soon. You right. know? Mm-hmm. There are other careers that fluctuate quite often with that come along with trade schools. But when you think about the ones where it's really like... Things such as carpentry, heating, cooling, welding, those types of things, those will always be needed, mm-hmm. though something to think about, though, is automation and technology. As that becomes increasingly more popular, then it could start to take some of those jobs away. Mm-hmm. So always looking at what trade you're looking to go into, if that's, a, if that's one of the decisions, and looking at what the trajectory of that career may be. So thinking 10 years out, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics is a great site to go on and look at and to see what that demand may be in 10 years.
2: Yeah that's an awesome tool so I thought it was really interesting in the year 2000 the middle skill jobs like trade jobs and things like that surpassed the number of jobs available for workers with like high school education and then also in the year 2008 it marked the beginning of the college economy so if you have like a bachelor's degree or higher having more good jobs available and surpassing the middle skill jobs um, so I thought that was really interesting that more jobs and I think that kind of speaks to your point of like IT and, you know, the healthcare industry were kind of the main ones that I found are more of, more jobs are available in those fields and more of those jobs require a college education or a bachelor's degree or something to that effect. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. On the other hand though, I know baby boomers are currently, you know, in that phase of life that they're thinking about retirement. Um... And back when they began, you know, careers, middle-skilled jobs, and those trade skill jobs were really popular, and so a lot of them are in those positions now, going to be retiring, and so that will leave, you know, many of those open. I think that's also something to think about, and checking out that, um, checking out the tool that Devante mentioned, the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics website will help kind of project like where those careers will be in the next 10 years
0: or so. That's really interesting. Like the different factors that kind of play into, like, job availability. Mm -hmm. The factors that might play into that are things like, um, globalization, so things are being, like,
2: outsourced, Mm -hmm. um, automation, which, you know, machines doing the work rather than needing
0: an actual person and Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, you could do trade school and then get a business degree to open your own business, so, and at that point, if you're thinking about it, too, you're making a decent salary, you have, um, like, financial stability, you've, Probably, maybe even have your own house now, a family, that sort of thing, if you're following that very um, traditional path. But at that point, you have the funds where you could even pay for some of your education. So mm-hmm. it's different between going into debt first and paying it back later, opposed to making a strategic move and making good money now and getting experience and then being in a place to decide whether you want that four year degree. And I think that's important too. Like, no matter what age you're at, you can kind of make that decision to further your education.
2: Yeah or completely switch your, you know, completely completely switch it up. That's doable too. And there might be more, um, you know, barriers to jump over if you decide, you know, maybe you have a family now or maybe you, I don't know, you know, this, that, or everything else. There might be more hoops to jump through to go back to school, but it's never too late to go back to school and make a career change or whatever that may be or further it. And
0: Yeah, you really discover who you are in college. And that's the thing too is, I mean, going to a four-year college you really get exposure to like extracurriculars um and through those you do you find people who you find your niche right like who you are and how you fit into society and how you fit into Um, your group of friends and you establish family almost there. So I think that's another part of it that you're paying for, like those other um, experiences that you probably wouldn't get unless you went to a four-year college. Because I loved going where I went. I don't regret where I went. Um, I regret maybe how I went about it, Mm -hmm. um, just because I would have done it a little differently. But U of M was amazing to me. I've had so many different experiences. It shaped me into being a better person, getting to where I am now. um, Yeah, I would never take it back, ever
2: hindsight's 2020. 20. i mean always. you can
0: say that about anything and everything um i of
2: course there are things i would have done differently too probably just started at lcc from the beginning yeah but i don't know there are always things you would have done differently mm-hmm. for me at least i'm sure everybody can say that um so yeah i mean move forward you learn from your mistakes and then you try and caution of other people and you know take advantage of those opportunities on campus think about the cost Um, you know, compared going to the four-year university for all four years versus taking the first two years and getting those gen eds out of the way and then transferring to the four-year university. Um, The degree you get at the end is the exact same. Just the amount you're going to be paying back um, might be a little bit different. So that's definitely something to look into.
0: Yeah, and I think when it it comes to, like, why I would do it differently is because of the, like, um, financial aspect, right? So I think that actually kind of plays a lot into... The different paths people um, choose is because of the cost behind it. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense to go to community college um, first, just to get your gen ads out of the way, and then go and get the same degree, right? Mm. Um, just paying for a little less. So, yeah, I think that that really kind of decides the path you want to take based on what like you can afford or how much you that you feel comfortable taking out in the long run, too. Yeah.
1: I think it's important to know that scholarships are very important. So you can search for them. What I used to do, this was kind of my formula. Um, I used to type out things in Google that I thought made me unique, and put the word scholarship after it.
2: Oh, that's a really great
1: tip. So I love that. you can, you know, I'm left-handed. There. That left-handed was a big scholarships, one. scholarships. You know. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. You can get a scholarship for being a caddy for three years. Really? A decent amount. That is such a good tip. I love that. <laughs> it really is, though. I really do. That's awesome. Yeah. Take um, advantage of
0: anything out there.
1: Yeah. Like, don't leave any money on the table. Yeah. Like, nope. And with leaving money on the table, according to NerdWallet, Americans left $2.3 billion worth of money on the table from not filling out the FAFSA.
0: That's too much money. Just makes your heart drop,
1: kind of. Let me give you the account number. (laughs) Let's put it it three ways. Right, exactly, there we
0: go. (laughs) I'll use it for school, I'll go back.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And um, also understand that there's a wide array of scholarships that people often forget about. doesn't matter the amount, apply, apply, apply. Mm -hmm. Grants are important as well. So grants and scholarships are some that you don't have to pay back. Um, and let loans be kind of like the last thing you look at. And it doesn't matter what age you decide to pursue higher ed, look for scholarships. Don't think Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't do this. But really, what we're getting at is tap all of your resources. That's extremely important. Doesn't matter who you are, what age you are, when you're going back to school, when you start school, whatever it is that that may be. Tap all of your resources because no one wants to pay for anything. They don't have to pay for Right.
2: And (laughs) along those lines, if you do have to take out loans, which is okay, be sure you use it wisely. So um, don't use like your student loan refund to go on like a fun trip you know if you need to use it for like living expenses that's absolutely fine um, but if you have a little bit like left- left over, pay it back towards that loan because in the long run that'll decrease the principal balance that you owe and you'll end up paying less in interest and less overall so um, use it wisely for sure
0: yeah and something I also really suggest doing is if you're not going to use your refund and put it back towards your loan you could actually put it in a savings account one other thing, it's unrelated to, to loans, but related to paying for college.
2: I know at Western, um, and I'm sure other universities have this too, they have um, a flat rate fee for credit hours from 12 hours to 16 hours. Um, so I could take 16 hours and it would only cost me what the price of 12 would take. So taking advantage of that, if your school offers like a flat rate fee for any period of credit hours, um, that'll just make sure you know, you'll take out less in loans ultimately or mm-hmm. end up paying less.
0: That's definitely not something I would have recognized. But I'm sure it's actually a lot more common than you think. So I think, too, is when you're paying for college, like, there's no dumb question. Like, really contact a financial advisor, um, someone at your school. I'm sure there's resources. The school's on your side. They want you to get the most out of your education without having to go into extreme debt. So Mm -hmm. really reach out. um, Do your research. It's important. Um, Be your own advocate. Yeah. Mm. Ask those questions.
2: No stupid questions. No stupid questions
0: ever. You shouldn't be expected to know everything um, because this is your first time going to college. No matter what age it is, it's your first time experiencing this, so it's not expected that you know everything. Mm -hmm. And you probably won't, and you might not even fully understand always, and that's why you routinely check in. Just ask questions. Yeah.
1: One of the things I kept in mind while in school was that a school only exists because it has students at it. Mm -hmm. And if something only exists because you're there, then you can ask as many questions, have as many requests as you like. I was in admissions asking questions. I was in the financial aid office asking questions. And really, you can build rapport with different um, faculty that are there and staff that are there. Mm -hmm. When you build a rapport with somebody, then they will more likely go the extra mile for you. And you kind of, like you said, advocate for yourself so that you build a team.
0: Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time, I mean, I guess this is more geared towards those that are going right from high school to college. But I mean, you're leaving your family, your parents, they might not be as accessible. So you'll, you'll need that support team, like people that you can really um, depend on to help you, like lead you down the right path. Yeah. Even though I know I'm sure your parents are one phone call away, but mm-hmm. still. Um, but they also, I mean, haven't been through this recently
2: or maybe even before. Like maybe they haven't been through that whole yeah. college intro process and so sure ask them questions but know that like the school counselors and the people in like the admissions office or financial aid those are the people that have the real the right answers and can
0: help the you right resources point you in the
2: right direction yeah they get those questions I'm sure or any questions I'm sure yeah. all the time so be
0: sure to reach out to those people Alrighty, righty so to wrap up So my biggest takeaway is that your hobbies and passions can actually be your career. So before choosing an education path, I think you should reflect and determine what brings you joy, because in the end, this does have a long-term effect on your life.
2: Yeah, that's super important. You want to be happy long-term. That would, I would argue, is one of the most important things. Definitely. You want to make sure it's something you like. Um, I would say mine is that there's no one correct path of education. So no matter your educational experience thus far, your current career path or where you might be in life, it's about making the decision that works best for you.
1: Yeah, I think that's super important to know, like, with both of your points is that they kind of tie together that this is really the biggest decision for you. So you wanna make sure that, you know, whatever path you're taking or whatever it is you decide, you're gonna be happy with it at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Now, from my analytical mindset, my thought is if it doesn't make sense, C-E-N-T-S, then it doesn't make sense, S-E-N-S-E. And what that means is, look here, we don't have time to be wasting money. So you wanna make sure this is what you wanna do long term.
2: Devante's always got to bring it back to the money. I know? love it, though. I love it. Which I guess is kind of the point of the podcast. We want to relate it to money, you know, it's
0: important.
1: We're watching your wallet. All right?
2: <laughs> exactly. Love it.
0: Okay. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight.
2: MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union don't just sponsor this podcast. We believe in investment in the community. We have recently established another way of helping the Destro Fund, a foundation supporting the MSU FCU and OU Credit Union communities.
0: The Destro Fund focuses on five philanthropic pillars, arts and culture, stable housing, empowering youth, financial education, and fostering entrepreneurialism. If you'd like to learn more about the foundation or donate, please visit destrofund.org.
1: Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Katherine Hirth and me, Devante Montgomery. Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson Harrell and Lauren Kalarzik.
2: Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this show at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you
0: in our next episode.